This podcast is sponsored by the American Society for Information Science and Technology. Since 1937, ACIST has been the Society for Information Professionals, leading the search for new and better theories, techniques, and technologies to improve access to information. By the IA Summit. This year, your peers and industry experts spoke about how topics such as social networking, gaming, patterns, tagging, taxonomies, and a wide range of IA tools and techniques help users experience information. And by Boxes and Arrows. Since 2001, Boxes and Arrows has been a peer-written journal promoting contributors who want to provoke thinking, push limits, and teach a few things along the way. For more events happening all over the world, be sure and check out events.boxesandarrows.com. In this presentation entitled Hotel Yeovil, South Africa's Jason Hobbs talks about how ethnographic research methods and an empathetic approach to users can form the basis for information architecture solutions that attempt to directly address and improve the lives of people living in developing countries. I hope everyone enjoys the podcast. Cheers. So, good morning. Um, I'm Jason, and uh, my presentation is entitled Hotel Yeovil, Home and Away. I'm from Johannesburg in South Africa, which is very important for the purposes of this discussion. The area that we're going to be looking at is um, a, a suburb called Yeovil, which is very close to the Johannesburg Central Business District. Um, everything north of that arrow are the, the historically and, and remaining wealthier white areas uh, predominantly white areas um, in Johannesburg. Uh, Yeovil itself is, 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 a, is a pretty small um, suburb. Uh, down, if you go down and to the left, you'll hit an area called Berea, and then Hillbrow, which maybe some of you have heard about, an extremely densely populated, quite violent, quite traumatic area, and then into the central business district. So a, a brief history of Yeovil is that it was um, originally a, a, a designated uh, whites-only area during apartheid, and it had a very, very large uh, Jewish population, fairly orthodox Jewish population, and, um, and also quite bohemian. Its, its central street, which is Rally, which goes into Rocky Street, um, was an area known for uh, artists, um, playwrights, uh, musicians, and they would gather there and, uh, I don't know, be hedonistic. Um, with, the, um, with apartheid ending, um, what has happened is, uh, that with the Group Areas Act obviously ending and segregation ending and people being allowed to live and move where they like, um, Yeovil has become almost overnight uh, a black area. So uh, a joke in bad taste, there's, the, there's, a, there's a, a joke in uh, South Africa which says when the Jews leave an area um, you should leave the area. When the Portuguese leave an area it's too late. And it's, <laughs> you should feel bad laughing at that. Um, yeah, we've got these Portuguese corner cafes, which are the staple in a, in a lot of areas. So when they leave, then then it's uh, 
it's a sign that the area might be going down, for, and that might be true or not be true. This could just be a white attitude which doesn't have a place in New South Africa anymore. Needless to say, Yeovil now looks like this, and um, you, you, you will struggle to actually spot any uh, white people at all, and its flavor has become African, really and truly African. Photographs are a bit dark, I'm sorry about that. But this is street life in Yeovil and nightlife. Right, so uh, Johannesburg, um, you, you, I think you need to understand that by a lot of African people, Johannesburg is considered to be the New York of Africa. Um, Africans think of, of Johannesburg as this place to go and make a, a life and to uh, get your riches and to uh, make things happen. And the amazing thing about Yeovil is that 65% of the inhabitants are foreign African nationals. So you have Congolese, Nigerians, people from Angola, Botswana, the DRC, Ethiopia, Ghana, Liberia, Mali, Ivory Coast, Zambia, etc. And it is this incredible melting pot of Africans. So what you see on the streets are people with different body structures and different facial features and different clothing. Um, and we have little, you have areas like Little Congo and Little Ghana, um, blocks of flats which, which get populated by people from a specific um, country when they've moved to South Africa. I, I had a quite an interesting situation. I was in uh, this is a photograph, an aerial shot of Cape Town. Um, I was on holiday in Cape Town at the end of the year, and I was sitting at a restaurant, and I, I saw a waiter and, and um, a young black guy, and he didn't have the, the physical features of a, of a South African uh, black man. And I also heard him speaking French. So he came over to my table, and I said to him, uh, so where are you from? And he said, well, I'm, I'm from... Uh, uh, the, 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 the Congo via Ivory Coast. And he said that he'd come to Johannesburg and then down to Cape Town. And I said to him, did you stop by Yeovil? And he just gave me this, this smile, this, this kind of, how do you know that? How do you know that I went via Yeovil of all places? Um, but although it's a really colorful and diverse space, um, there's a much harder reality underlying all of this. I'm, I'm going to just read a couple of quotes um, uh, from Terry, whose project Hotel Yeovil actually is. The abilities of these residents to gain and retain access to the most basic conditions of urban life is undermined by corrupt and poorly managed immigration policy. Refugees and asylum seekers are denied access to basic health services, housing and education, faced with arbitrary arrests, detentions, extortion, xenophobic attacks and more. They are isolated and excluded from mainstream South African society and their dominant engagement is with each other and with their home in faraway places. Yeovil is a space of dislocation, insecurity, uncertainty, transience, neglect, crime, context, exploitation, and the transgression of brown boundaries. And amongst old Yeovil residents, it's a space of romance, nostalgia, and memories of another city and neighborhood altogether. Yeovil is a manifestation of the city, making its new identity, finding itself anew, and setting down fresh roots again. So what is the project? What is Hotel Yeovil? Well, it's an artwork. 
Terry Kurgan, it's a project by Terry Kurgan, who is an artist, and she's a public realm artist. So the kind of work that she does engages with people in public spaces, looking at how they interact with artworks in those spaces. So it's a two-way relationship and dialogue, and it's a very process-driven um, uh, artistic um, uh, style. So her idea is to have an exhibition that will end up being somewhere in Yeovil. A book will be published as a result of, of the project and a community uh, web project as well. And it's a cultural investigation and it's an intervention. But please bear this in mind, this is an artwork. Okay? So as I've said, Terry Kurgan um, is a public realm art, uh, artist. Uh, another key player was John Sparopoulos, who um, runs a company called Cajiso Urban Management, which um, is involved with urban redevelopment and urban management. We've also been assisted by the University of the Verbatisrand, um, the Department of Forced Migration Studies, and the funding has come from the Ford Foundation. So, in Terry's words, the project aims to investigate, record, and make visible the experiences of people who are living there and to consider the implications of these reflections for the decisions of policymakers, city planners, and designers. It will contribute to the bottom-up policy-making process, one whose content will, through the intermediation of the project, draw on the everyday lived experience of urban residents themselves. It is hoped that the knowledge thus gained will help promote urban strategies whose central concerns are the human rights and well-being of all city residents. So what's the Internet Cafe connection? Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I presented uh, two years ago in Vancouver and last year um, in, uh, in uh, Las Vegas. Um, the presentation last year was a piece of contextual inquiry that we did into Internet Cafes around Johannesburg, um, for which I was, uh, received a grant from the Information Architecture Institute, a research grant, um, to, to conduct the research. As it turns out, um, Yeovil is one of three internet cafe hubs in, in and around Johannesburg. Um, and in Yeovil, there are over 20 internet cafes in a, in a five to six block radius. So the concept uh, from, from Terry's point of view of, of some kind of cultural, um, uh, geographically located intervention and my inter interest in internet cafes came together as a bit of a no-brainer um, so the idea was that we would negotiate with the internet cafe owners to look at putting the website, uh, the community website that we create, um, and make it into the internet cafes and make it the default or the home page on all the different terminals in all the in different internet cafes. Um, so it would be um, a, a parallel community layer existing over a pre-existing community um, uh, in that geography. So some of the exploration uh, that we went through for the project, one of the things that I did was I took um, uh, some of the words that were coming out of the documents that Terry had already created um, and just started doing some really basic stuff around saying, okay, so um, life here is pretty crappy. Uh, there, we want to engage in a, uh, an intervention that can improve life or improve life in some way. So we looked at just saying, we would like to move from dislocation to connectedness, insecurity to security, uncertainty to certainty and reliability, transience to consistency, neglect to support, crime to peace and safety, contest to collaboration, exploitation to opportunity, uh, transgression to contribution, and isolation and exclusion to community and inclusion. So I continued um, uh, this, this uh, 
kind of doing this through words, this exploration, and, and started to uh, try to find keywords that represented the project and the intentions of the project. Um, words like representation, gathering, recording, making visible, sharing, exchanging, participating, collaborating, conversation, support, to reconfigure, access, needs and rights, and resources. And then I regrouped them. And um, the, the, the product of the regrouping um, essentially left us with three core themes that we wanted to underpin this web experience in one way or another. And those are represent, exchange, and support. And this was to be the intervention strategy, um, at least for the website, where to go from the current experience of dislocation, uncertainty, crime, exploitation, transgression, to the preferred experience, um, we would use um, tools, content, functionality, experiences that would enable representation, exchange, and support and the interplay between those three themes. The objectives for the project, um, firstly to create change, secondly to measure this impact in, in one way or another, thirdly to um, uh, look at the influence, so how can we take out and away from uh, the project and uh, feed that into government or municipality. To support underpinning all of that, would, it would obviously be necessary to support cafe owners because they are the patrons of the project. Um, and then five, um, ultimately to look at the possibility of replicating this project around different suburbs, neighborhoods and areas around Johannesburg. So for the project we uh, did more research. Um, we engaged in three different research exercises. The researchers were myself and John, and one other South African, Sipiwe, who could speak of, um, uh, about three of the 11 uh, South African languages, official South African languages. Um, Ginny, who's from Cameroon, who could speak um, French as well. And Michael, um, who's from Nigeria, which really helped because there is a, um, quite a large Nigerian population and they can be, a, a, of, of all the different groups, the Nigerian population can be quite um, uh, defensive and protective of their space, etc. So it was quite, it was necessary to actually get another Nigerian to be able to enter those spaces and start asking questions and engaging with people. So the, the first thing that we did was we created um, a web-based questionnaire which was on a temporary uh, website which we put as the default um, homepage in six of the different internet cafes. And for that we got 31 responses back just sketches of early ideas of what the little temporary page could look like. Um, and then we, um, with the same six internet cafes, we interviewed all of their owners. Um, the interviews were about an hour and a half long and contained about 20 different questions. And we interviewed uh, in total 66 different users of um, those six different internet cafes. This is a picture of Ginny on the right and speaking to one of, uh, one of the internet cafe users on the left. So um, an overview of, of the research that we got back, just in terms of the users, um, mostly foreign African nationals between 20 and 40 years old who've been here for between one and five years. In most cases, their desire is to stay. Um, English and French are the predominant languages. Uh, their primary reasons for coming to South Africa and to Johannesburg are in this order, to study, to work, uh, to create business, um, or as asylum seekers, uh, or to improve their quality of life. Interestingly, only 9% uh, of those who uh, we interviewed are actually studying. So studying is the thing which they want to do most, 
the minority are actually able to, to live that out. Most are educated um, and uh, with some form of degree, and yet 63% of those interviewed are out of work or working doing things that they have not studied in or wish to do. And there are just some tragic stories of professors who are street hawkers um, selling you know, whatever they can, um, and, and it's desperate. I mean, it, it, it's so sad, it's, 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 it's really unbelievable. Um, this, the, the, the more savvy tend to begin new businesses um, and, and, and try to create a plan, uh, you know, survivalism. In terms of plans for the future, um, again, education was, was really high, creating businesses, uh, getting better jobs, creating families, fulfilling a social role, um, a keenness to travel, uh, but ultimately to achieve a better lifestyle, quality of life. Personal dreams, hopes and desires centered around owning businesses and furthering study, again. Other dreams centered around investigating their, um, investing in their own country, in their own countries, and this deep passion for a lot of the despotic leaders that we see around um, Africa being removed. Others wanted peace and to, and to be able to live in South Africa without the fear of discrimination and xenophobia. And many hoped and dreamed to find jobs in their chosen profession. Others had philanthropic concerns, uh, such as assisting those uh, who are poverty-stricken or those with HIV and AIDS. <clears throat> A little bit of information around the cafes. 40% um, have been using internet cafes for between one and five years. 45% uh, for between five and 10 years. Um, most have learned to use the internet at internet cafes, which is really interesting. This came out in our research last year too. And they use email phones, uh, mobile phones, uh, and they SMS like crazy. 71% use cafes more than once a day. Okay? Um, people are using the ancillary services available in the cafes as well. Burning CDs, printing, scanning, faxing, um, uh, getting music. Um, yeah, things like that. 40% um, of the people are using more than one cafe, 60% though seem to have chosen a relationship with a specific cafe and they keep returning. And we also find cafes that are close or nearby to the kind of little Ghana. Um, and it becomes a social space where, where people meet and chat and, and um, yeah, meet. Uh, using uh, uh, the cafes is closely related to the proximity uh, of where they live, as I've just said, meeting friends, going to shops, um, or they work nearby. 30% of cafe users have a PC at home and an internet connection. 22% uh, have access at a place of study or work, and yet they continue to come back to the internet cafes. And the primary reason for this is um, use of the cafes either outside of working hours, availability of computers and internet connection in uh, universities or colleges. Um, but most importantly, it's cheap. It's only five rand um, an hour to be on the internet. The exchange rate at the moment is seven or eight rand to the dollar. Okay? Because, and, and the prices are low because of the number of internet cafes in such close proximity to one another. So it drives the prices down. Top uses of the internet um, in highest to lowest order. Um, email, keeping in touch with friends and family, looking for jobs, instant messaging, research and study, running businesses, seeking information from government websites, Using chat rooms, reading blogs, recreation and entertainment, uh, shopping at 25%, banking at 15%. The biggest benefit to this community appears to be the fact that communication is cheap, accessible and fast on the internet. It keeps people connected and makes the world smaller for them. 
Some people feel uh, that it helps them to meet new people. Others felt that it was an important source of information, breaking barriers and enabling people to learn and grow. So some of the user needs that, uh, we, that came out of the research, and we actually just asked. There was no kind of like particularly sophisticate, sophisticated inferring through some kind of analysis process through the research. Um, we just asked the question in a couple of different ways. And um, the top needs were uh, finding accommodation, uh, finding jobs, advertising personal services if somebody does a bit of IT on the side or can fix computers or can fix shoes or whatever it might be. Um, a need to find information around naturalization, um, legal help and rights, communication with friends and family at home in other areas of Africa. Um, support, then support groups and community news, buying and selling communication with Yeovil, the, the Yeovil municipality. Would the, following be, would the following information be useful? Naturalization, legal and rights were up at the top, medical and child support, crime alerts, educational resources, local entertainment, arts and culture related information. Useful tools, notice boards, conversation forums, messaging, um, uh, as an in instant messaging, chat, Skype, things like that, um, classifieds and adverts. Interacting with the local community, um, uh, top of the list was uh, a desire for messaging, email, or other forms of messaging, uh, a desire for personal profiles, sharing experiences, reading and viewing others' um, experiences, sharing personal interests or creative activities, my artwork, my music, etc., and support groups. <clears throat> And then just a whole bunch of kind of miscellaneous other things that people said that they would, um, that would be useful to them. A map of Yeovil, um, crime statistics, HIV awareness, religious and sporting programs, seeking funding for studies, study-related information, um, permits, where to study, can I study if I'm a, if I'm a refugee, um, clubs and games for kids, help for abandoned kids, teaching, um, reading to kids under 10, recognition of the existence of the gay community, uh, uh, where uh, being gay in a lot of African cultures is a total, like, like you just don't go there. Um, ways to learn about new technology, um, uniting Africa through the site, um, help with finding clubs, soccer clubs for instance, help with f um, feeling safe in Yeovil, um, women's rights and support, teaching on other African cultures and languages, um, and exposing corruption. <coughs> So some of the concept development uh, that we went through, um, the, the, the first direction uh, was to look at, I mean, on the right-hand side, kind of a whole bunch of profile stuff, very Facebook. If we put it on the right, maybe nobody will notice. Um, but to have, you know, at the top, as, as the primary thing, was a whole bunch of tools for people to use, job boards, classifieds, forums, groups, finding other people. Um, and then... <clears throat> uh, at a kind of 20% of, of, of you know, global NAV presence would be topics or information resources. And kind of slept on that and, and kind of started looking at the idea of coming up with life categories, um, things which um, are part of anybody's life. Um, the idea of, of my home um, and my family, uh, work-oriented things, play-oriented things, community, education. Um, and then starting to look at um, kind of very 101 concepts of um, representing through the ability to have a profile to view people, exchanging through tools, um, and support through information resources. And obviously that becomes far more layered as, as this tool develops. 
Um, and rather than having um, tools in um, the tools which support um, uh, those different themes within the different life categories. So the idea would be that if you're, you can enter into areas through life categories, or you can enter directly through a specific tool, I just want to go and look at classifieds, or I can go in through some kind of profile, and um, the exchange between those things. So in the life categories, you can have a filtering of groups, forums, and classifieds that have been tagged specifically for a specific life category like work. Um, if you are in the, the general forums area, you can just see everything, and the, the kind of tagging continues. So uh, getting to interface, some of the ideas we played around with. Um, uh, here you can see uh, the advertising was quite important um, so that we could start making the site uh, income generating so that we could give money to the internet cafe owners. So this is obviously a non-profit project, it's an artistic project, there is not going to be, Terry Kogan doesn't have any um, agenda to make money out of the project, um, but the internet cafe owners are vitally important to have on our side and they really I mean, they won't do anything out of goodwill. It's, it's, these are services, and, and, and we need to work together in a, in a financial commerce-oriented way if you want to be using our terminals to have these, these websites as the default. Um, uh, information resources right up at the top, tools. So those are the, the two other entry points. And then our six life categories, uh, family and home, love, play, study, work, and community. And then on the right-hand side, um, all the personalization, community, and profile-oriented stuff. Um, the homepage concept then was to, um, we've uh, engaged uh, a digital artist, Tegan uh, Bristow, who um, uh, worked with me on the Internet Cafe research last year, but she's also um, a, a digital interactive artist and lectures at the School of Fine Arts um, at, at WITS. And to start looking at, well, can we play with Google Maps, where people can start obviously saying what different areas mean to them, putting their businesses, um, and also potentially starting to look at more creative ideas around people um, identifying where they're from, and starting to look at visual mappings of um, the relationship between Yeovil and the rest of Africa, and, and where people are. And then just really basically, classifieds, forums, groups, um, across the different life categories, um, advertising, and then um, uh, uh, just updated stuff. So really, really basic. Um, also, I should probably mention um, uh, shoestring budgets, right? Don't assume Ford Foundation meets, means loads of cash for an artistic project. It means a little bit of help. <laughs> um, then this is just an example of if you're in a life category, um, really basically you then have classified forums, groups, and resources broken down within that category. And the word classifieds start, uh, so then we have the filtering, so you're only looking at classifieds, um, uh, topics and groups that relate to the subject of work, um, and then resources, um, pure informational stuff um, that relate to work, and then highlighting based on the research. Um, within work, we know that um, job finding is the most important thing, so starting to aggregate all the different um, uh, kind of uh, online marketplace job sites uh, that are around, and including stuff like um, tips, so make sure your CV is uh, properly prepared, um, download CV templates, um, tips around make sure you're, um, uh, you have the right status to work in South Africa, and then links through to information on other sites around um, work status and how to apply for that sort of thing, etc, etc. 
And then um, what we started playing around with was the idea that in the, in the profile section that we would keep the life categories and people could, we could start asking people specific questions around those categories um, to talk about what their experiences are either in the area um, or, or their status around some of these issues. And then again, just aggregating in a really simple way um, uh, the, the groups, forums, or classifieds that the person is currently um, engaging in in those different sections. So in terms of content, uh, just to give you some ideas um, of the sorts of content that we, that we started gathering, and um, our company actually, we, we, we got two um, more researchers from a content point of view to just um, call up, visit the area, scour the web, speak to nonprofits, and aggregate um, quite a lot of content to start answering very, very specific needs. So this is just an example in family and home, some of the things, some of the, the resources that, that we, we've gathered are um, medical aid, child support, naturalization and legal rights, HIV awareness, help for abandoned kids, women's rights and support, um, accommodation rights, purchasing um, and tenants, clubs, games for kids, financial support, refugee status and accommodation contracts. Um, just one last example, um, within community, we would look at your rights and responsibilities within your community um, contacting uh, the municipality, the history of Yeovil, map of Yeovil, charity and non-profits in the area, um, internet cafes, information, information about other cultures in the Yeovil area, crime, abuse, religion and congregations. So, um, sadly, this is actually all I have to show you because the project has run um, uh, on a lot longer. What I had hoped was to be able was what we had hoped was that the project would have been completed at least the website would have been completed two months ago and I could start reporting back on some of the usage um, of the website and the degree to which people are participating. It's all being built on the Joomla um, uh, open source platform and we've had like real problems in getting decent developers to kind of tweak and play with Joomla so that the interface can start working the way we want it to. So those kind of tools are great if you just want to turn on a forum and turn on uh, uh, some groups or turn on profiling, but if you really want to do anything kind of um, interesting or, or, or specific with interface, you really have to go <laughs> and start hacking the hell out of those systems. Um, and that's it. Thank you. So, uh, and, and there's plenty of time. We've got a, a good 15 minutes, so please feel free to ask some questions. Um, Jason, when you, um, when you did the... Can you use the mic? Oh, sure. It's okay, it's on the recording. Just for everyone's um, information, I'm, I'm actually working on a project that um, is connected to Jason's uh, project um, in some ways. Uh, which is I'm looking at whether or not information architecture uh, affects or does not affect um, public policy. And by your presentation, it looks like there are some, <clears throat> excuse me, some very definite um, connections. But my question to you is, when you did your research, when you were talking with um, the users, the would-be users of the website, were you asking questions that were um, related to the website or were you asking questions that were related to their life? So we're going to make a website, what would you like in it, or 
What do you need? Uh, both. Okay. Um, and, and part of the reason for, for asking both questions was that they, they kind of elicit different responses because people think about um, their, their needs in a generic way and then they think about they have certain associations of the kinds of needs that could be answered through the internet because of kind of preconceived ideas of what the channel can offer. So it sort of exposed both. One of the things that I really wanted to do but we, didn't, um, we weren't able to do was some diary studies and what I wanted to do was to just pick 10 people and give them diaries and, and potentially even disposable cameras um, and ask them to um, not just talk about um, uh, the internet cafes, but, but to record for the space of maybe a week or two weeks or three weeks um, what they do every day when they go to the internet cafes, how they interact with different technology, um, what they're doing, uh, what they're using it for, and their feelings and responses around that and how it merges with the other stuff that they do in their day. I think something which I may not have stressed, which I should have in, in the presentation, is that um, being uh, poor in Africa does not in any way mean not technology savvy. Right? That, that, was, that was the most interesting um, discovery from our research last year, that actually we brought our preconceived ideas around um, understandings of technology um, to people where you look at them and you say, well, surely you can't be you know, very up to date with technology because you're poor, which is total and utter rubbish. In fact, it's the reverse. And um, people who uh, are living in really, really harsh conditions around Africa um, understand uh, that information and the internet and digital technology is an absolutely key tool as a survival mechanism to getting stuff done. And so they seek it out and use it so much more. I mean, if I look at your kind of that, that, those nor that northern suburb area of Johannesburg, um, what people are using the internet for, um, uh, you know, it's, it's entertainment, it's secondary. I have enough money and I have enough mobility and I have enough of a network to get information and to be able to do things uh, in other ways. Um, whereas the kind of people we're talking about uh, are really in a survivalist mode where um, the internet, information, digital technology, things like that um, uh, help them proceed and take very, very definite steps forward in improving their lives. Jason, thank you. Can you speak a little bit about the project management structure of this project? Um, were you the project manager and then you, you know, got these different resources and then did you pay these different resources from your funding from the Ford Foundation? Can you speak a little bit about how you gathered the content gatherers and the researchers and how that all worked together? Sure. Um, uh, extremely ad hoc um, and very messy. Um, there was uh, no dedicated project manager. Um, Terry and John have, uh, have essentially been running the project together, uh, neither of whom are project managers, and it, it's been a huge problem. It's one of the reasons why we're delayed. Um, we have a disparate team. The designer of the website is down on the coast. The developer is uh, in another part of Johannesburg. I'm downtown in Johannesburg. Um, we're, we're all trying to work together, and it, it, it hasn't really worked that well. Also, um, it's only a full-time project for Terry. 
John is involved maybe 25% of his time. I've maybe only been able to dedicate about 5% of my time to this project. I've been, I, I, I have other projects which I need to run for my business. Um, which is why you know, a lot of this is extremely shallow. You know, that interface stuff and, and really getting to like really juicy ideas around uh, social networking, how can we really you know, kind of beef this thing up. Um, I, you know, I, I, I just haven't been able to kind of uh, go into that um, sort of depth. Um, nonetheless, we've done a, a fair amount of work um, over, over a couple of months, and um, we found people uh, through word of mouth. So, so Ginny and Michael um, were found by asking people, do you know somebody? And we found them um, with some really basic criteria. You know, we, we need a Nigerian, we need somebody who can speak French, and we need a local South African who can speak a couple of the local South African languages. Um, the research stuff, um, uh, myself and, and, and one or two of the people in our company, we put together the, the, the questionnaires and the forms. Um, we tested them out, uh, made some amends, and then, um, and then went out and, and did the full batch of research. Um, the, all the money has come from the Ford Foundation for this, and we've had to uh, obviously pay the researchers. We've received a, a, a small amount of money, the developer has, and the designers received a small amount of money. Terry is obviously it's been kind of looking after her kind of day-to-day -day living expenses. John has taken no money from the project, but there's been no project management. It's, I mean, we've been winging it. Another real problem is that Terry, as an artist, looking at using the internet as a as a space for one of her artworks, it's the first time that she's ever done anything on the web that that uses it as part of her artwork. So, it's been a real challenge to to educate her. Um, as we go through the process um, because she has very, very specific ideas about what the project needs to do and is absolutely terrified that we're going to be a bunch of techies that run off in a different direction. So I, I'm, and I'm not sure if I've answered your question. What, what was the financial incentive for these community members to help you? Is it anywhere near the incentive from a U.S. perspective of if someone in the U.S. was looking to do a similar project um, and got some funding and might pay a helper, you know, uh, twenty dollars an hour or fifteen dollars an hour. What would be the comparable right. financial incentive for your helpers for your project? I don't know. I, I, I actually don't know what what like Ginny and, and and Mike were paid. Oh, okay. So Terry was managing that yeah. funding. Okay. Thank you. Hi there. Hi. Um, I have two questions for you. The first is, is this going to be a multilingual website? And the second is, if you could explain a little more how exactly this is an art project and not just a community website, I would find it helpful to get that clarification. <laughs> okay. Um, it, the website, uh, I believe, will be uh, in English first, and then over time, um, French will be intro introduced. Um, how is it an art project? Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of an example. Um, Terry would be better equipped to answer that, but Terry's interest is in, or, or her MO as an artist, is to engage with people, and as a result of that engagement, uh, create cultural objects in one form or another that
can end up being artworks. But when I say an artwork, um, this website as something which exists and lives in progress um, is an artwork as an end in itself in association with uh, pieces or, or, or bits of it that might come out and end up being in an exhibition or in a book. But it's, it's art as intervention, it's art as um, place or a moment. So we're not talking about sculpture or, or, or painting or even photography. We're, we're, we're talking about um, art as process and change and what happens when you, the moment that you interact with something when that interaction was not there before. So that is how Terry understands art. But, but, but to, to your point, I think it is also just like some kind of community slash support website. It is that too. Um, but this, I, think, I think the point I'm making is that in order for this to be art, it doesn't need to be flash. You know, and it doesn't need to like, have like, a journey through hypertext. You, you, you know what I mean? I mean, there, there, there are far more uh, contemporary uh, notions and, and ideas about art um, where Trying to think of a, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm helping with that. I'm not really an artist. Yeah. My question is for the, the content that you're putting on the site. You said you're aggregating it from other websites. I wanted to know if that means that you're taking the content and rewriting it, or if you're just directing people to resources you found, and in the long run, how do you plan to maintain it so it's up to date? Um, it's, uh, we, we, we link out wherever we can. So. Uh, only in instances where uh, the, the, the content does not exist somewhere else on the web do we uh, create like new pages. Um, uh, so for instance, um, if there's a non-profit organization that deals with a particular um, issue in the area and they don't have a website, then we will kind of write a review and we phoned them up and we visited them and we got their contact details and we got kind of like a couple of paragraphs which describe their, what they do and, and how they can help. Um, also the content pages will allow people to start um, having discussions or adding or giving feedback around those individual pages so they can, people can start saying, well, we found something else that, that would be really useful or you guys didn't know about this nonprofit or right next door to um, Yeovil in Berea, there is a nonprofit that also does this that is really just a walk down the street. So you could use that. Um, We've got, uh, we, we're, I think the idea is to actually employ uh, Ginny uh, to be some kind of webmaster and to, to look after the website and she will continue uh, the process of, of finding and aggregating and updating content and taking all the feedback that um, she gets from the users and kind of sifting out um, uh, good stuff from non-relevant stuff to uh, or whatever else and to continue keeping it updated. I guess one follow-up question is that for a lot of the, um, the legal status and the immigration and the rights, the, the websites that you might direct people to can be very confusing and totally. not straightforward. So um, I guess for your project, it's 
how it fits for, to further communi community understanding of rights and status, but you just direct them to that other website. Yeah. Is that a problem that you are encountering or that you worry about? Um, it, it, well, well, it hasn't happened yet. Right. So yeah, um, I guess when you're done, I would want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and and and, and I, I think you know it's a, the, absolutely. Okay. Um, that is going to be a problem. Um, my God, like navigating our government websites yeah. alone is just you know a world of pain. Um, so actually, just directing people to the specific page that they need to go okay. is like a massive step forward um, okay. uh, compared to. Kind of people having to do it on their own and starting or starting at our municipality site you know joburg.org.za um i mean my goodness to to actually find anything um so yeah absolutely valid question um if i could make a project like this my full-time job which i would absolutely love um i would you know single-handedly you know kind of start working on 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 that um level of uh, uh, usability or making things more useful or just improving that overall experience, absolutely. But right. no, we know we're near that level of, of, of sophistication. Thank you. Is that everybody? Well, thank you so much for coming.